you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special Thursday edition of Locked On Indians. If you do not follow me on Twitter, you can find me at JeffMLBDraft. Uh, the reason for the delay is simple. I ended up in the emergency room last night because of a knee issue. I am doing better. Uh, nothing to be too concerned about. Only thing I can compare it to is the uh, pain-wise is when I snapped my collarbone uh, when I was in middle school to give an idea of you know having a pretty good pain threshold. I'm also the person who broke both of his wrists in second period of the the school day and stayed at school the whole day um, because I could work through it. So it, it was not fun. Uh, I am doing better, but that is why there's a delay and that is why the podcast is coming out a day late. Uh, I pre-recorded a bunch and again, if anything happens, we will uh, interrupt with a new podcast. Uh, we have a great interview coming up with uh, Rogelio Castillo. Uh, who is a podcaster for Pirates SRD and works for Prospect Live. I've known him, and I've been on his podcast multiple times. Uh, we went long, <laughs> and then I have an interview. Uh, next week's interview, I talk with Jave over from Lockdown Padres, and that one went long. So since both of these were all over 40 minutes, I'm going to uh, Thursday and Friday will be the next two parts of this conversation with myself and uh, Rogelio. We're going to be all sorts of topics, talking Tigers, talking Indians, talking about some of the trades the Indians and Tigers have made and how uh, the Tigers have really almost been a kryptonite for the Indians when it comes to trades. Talk about, you know, the Pirates, what they're going to look like. Uh, we talk about the Indians. We talk about some old friends who are now with the Tigers. Talk about a lot of stuff. So sit back, tune in, and enjoy. The video and the audio component, you can always listen to us uh, through whatever you use to listen to your podcast, just type Lock on, Locked on Indians and find us weekly over on WKYC Cleveland. Today, we are going to, we've talked prospects, we've talked about some of the other teams in the Central. We have Rogelio Castillo uh, on to talk Tigers, uh, talk about one of the up-and-coming teams in the division, one of the teams with, I think, outside of the Indians, uh, from my perspective, the most interesting set of pitching coming up through the line. Rather than, uh, as anyone who listens to the show knows, uh, butcher names and butcher places, I'm just going to kind of give it to uh, to Rogelio here. Tell us where they can find your work, where they can follow you. Uh, for those who are listening at home and can't see the little Chiron we have, tell them, you know, give them your, uh, where to find you on Twitter and the websites. All right. So, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at RajCastBaseball, all one word. I'm currently the co-expert at MotorCityBangles.com with uh, my podcast par- podcast partner, Chris Chris Brown, and we host a Tigers podcast. Tigers-centric, but we do talk MLB baseball as well mainly we talked to we all talked all teams what have you and so that's uh at tigers srd and uh yeah also we have a youtube channel tiger minor league report where we focus specifically on the minor leagues and in the farm system and we did have a website but now we're just merging it all together to make things easier so um appreciate you coming on this is the first time i've actually been on a podcast that's not my own yeah i i, I guess it's just a fair play at this point i think uh I know whenever we have the draft, I'm always, uh, you guys are nice enough to bring me on and let me talk. And, you know, you have your own, uh, you know, I know Harris from your side. He and I have talked a lot over the years. So you have your own draft person. And uh, a few weeks ago, we had Brian Sikowski on the show, who's someone else who I know you guys talk with. So it's 
it's always nice that you guys still bring me in and give me that opportunity to talk about draft and prospects. And, uh, and I've always told people, it's like the Tigers uh, growing up in the 90s. Uh, that's where I went. I had fam- I have family still all over Michigan. So uh, I saw more 90s Indians games at Old Tiger Stadium than I did at uh, Jacobs Field, now Progressive Field. And I've probably still seen more games at Old Tiger Stadium because you would drive up for a weekend in the summer and catch three games in a row. And I have very fond memories of like, you would get like a free slice of pizza, the Detroit free press and a drink. It was like this whole big deal. So I would, I would like sit there and read the paper when I got uh, in between innings or on the ride home. But the Tigers will uh, always have a special place at my heart for that regard. Uh, uh, I know I should be like, Oh, central rivals, but I, maybe it's just me in baseball. I don't feel like there's that level of hate with your rivals outside of maybe a team like the Yankees or the Red Sox is it's, it's when you talk about like Detroit and their rivals, is there really in baseball, those hatreds? Can you think of one or is it just, you hate the big market teams because they're the ones who end up stealing all of your talent? You know, that, that's a good question, Jeff. And and really to me, outside of the blue Jays in the late eighties, when the Tigers and the Jays were, when the Tigers were in the AL East, I can't really think even growing up in the nineties, watching as much baseball as I did, I didn't really hate any teams either. I really didn't, the Tigers, I mean, for example, the Indians were so good in the late 90s. The Tigers, I mean, I would be happy if the Tigers won a series against them. And, and the lineups, like, along the lines of you had Jim Tomey, you had Manny Ramirez, even the pitching staff, which, you know, the likes of Charles Nagy, Jose Mesa was a Tiger. And when the, they got El Presidente, Dennis Martinez, that was the closest I was going to get to Dennis Martinez that I could possibly have. I and mean, even with interleague play, the Expos didn't play the Tigers that often. And by then he was already he was already gone. But no, I don't think the Tigers really have a say rivalry that it would fall into. And even with I've been to a couple of games at Progressive Field, and I I enjoy the experience there. I went to the Jim Tomey or the statue ceremony. Mm-hmm. I believe I played. The, I think they were playing the Rangers. I believe. And even you know the only thing that happened to us is that we were booing Nick Swisher because I wasn't a fan of him at the time and still not a fan of him, but. Sorry, Nick Swisher fans out there, but a guy turned around, looked at us, and was like, "Can you guys not do that?" And we're like, "Boo!" So the only time I was an unprofessional fan, but outside of that, I don't I, even watching Major League made me realize I could never hate the Indians, or for that matter, because it's just Cleveland's such a fun town to hang out in. I've seen a couple shows there. I I thoroughly enjoy my experience every time I come to Cleveland. Yeah, it's uh, and that's how I always feel with like Detroit. I remember. I finally got, to, got up to see a game at a Comerica a few years ago. And, uh, you know, I have fond memories of going with my Uncle Brian and my Aunt Dorothy and rooting for Debbie. Well, not rooting for it, but, you know, Debbie Cruz and Juan Encarnacion and, and Tony Clark. The, those names are still in the back of my mind, which probably unusual for a non-Tigers fan. But I still, <laughs> my Aunt Dorothy in particular was a big Juan Encarnacion fan. I remember her saying it was the only reason to watch the team that one year when it was his first or second year in particular. But, uh you know, those are, that, to me, that's always kind of the fun when you get a chance to talk with, you know, someone like yourself is talking about those old names, those names that stick out to you for particular reasons that other people may not remember. Yeah, especially for me, it was for the Indian for Carlos Bayerga was one of my favorite non-Tiger players in the Indians. And this is and this is before they switched jerseys. And I remember that him uh, even back even before that, I could even go back to Joe, Joe Carter and some of those other Indians, just like those late 90 Indian teams that had a lot of talent, but just never, they always were trading, which kind of mirrors what the Indians and Tigers are doing now in what some ways. But, but it was always to me, even watching them 
the only time I ever got a little bit of satisfaction was watching the, the Marlins, the 97 World Series in Game 7, and just this all this great team, and, and they lose to an expansion team just three or four years out. I was admittedly kind of like, ah, well, Detroit, you know, as a Detroit-Cleveland thing at the time in high school, you're – Maybe it's just because I went to Cedar Point that I had my experience or something. I don't know. And you're always taught that Michigan and Ohio hate each other because of the football thing. But as you get older, I'm not even a Michigan alum. I really don't care. I mean, I, I it, to me, that's just kind of secondary. And yeah, there's I'm, good Cleveland baseball Indian players, too. Yeah, I'm an Ohio State alum, and uh, my my wife's whole family are Michigan alums. And, uh, you know, I, I never got that. I never – I'm sure there's people listening to the podcast who are mad uh, at my statement there who – you know, it's the same ones who delete the letter Michigan from their Twitter uh, handles. But I'm just like, yeah, I, you know, we're all – I lived in New York City for five years, and the amount of time I heard New Yorkers just talk badly about the Midwest has made me feel like the Midwest uh, is like we're we're united. Like, really, if we're too busy arguing with each other, we're missing the point that like the East Coast is is. Uh, you know, I remember working at a school where they wanted us to dress up like parts of the Midwest and like or parts of the country and my classroom got the Midwest and like, so where are your overalls tomorrow, Jeff? I'm like, I don't own overalls just cause I'm from Ohio. <laughs> like that was, uh, and that, that has always stuck out to me. So yeah, I, I don't have that, uh, that dislike, uh, in general with that, uh, to catch up on the current day when, before we catch up on the current day. So the Indians and tigers don't have a rich history of trade. They do, but they don't like not as many over the years. But I think one of the most interesting things in general between the Indians and the Tigers and trades recently and dating back into history is how badly they have turned out by and large for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, you go back to the, the 60s, uh, 70s, you think of when they gave Norm Cash away for always oh, uh, Derek Dietrich's grandfather. That was the trade. Uh, he didn't last very well. And, you know, Calabito for Kuhn comes up. But even recently, uh, you can go back to Johnny Peralta, who they gave up too early, and he was a central part for the Tigers for quite a few years there. Uh, Giovanni Soto didn't ever make the big leagues. And then I'm going to have to ask you, uh, the Indians are desperate for outfielders, and I was very happy to add Leonis Martin. Uh, Martin, or again, I'm probably butchering names. Uh, that's part of part and parcel with me. But even though I'm doing that, it's like I was fine with the trade at the time, but after the year he had last year, uh, I got to ask, what's the deal? What's up with Willie Castro? Like, I never thought, uh, I mean, he was always this defensive first guy. And now the report is, well, defense isn't great, but man, he hit. Like, I never would have ever believed possible in a moment here. But first, let's just take a quick second and tell you about the sponsors who keep the lights on. Are you ready for some football? College football has been to bowl season, and there are some big matchups uh, in the upcoming week. NFL regular season has one week to go. Hopefully the Browns will get in. We'll have to wait and see. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust here at Locked On, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. The NFL game of the week, for anyone who listens to this, has to be Browns-Steelers. Uh, I know we are all hoping the Steelers are going to rest everyone because uh, the game means nothing. And keep that in mind if you go over to betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free count and use the promo code locked on for your sign up bonus. Hashtag bet online. Our other sponsor is Built Bar. I am a fan of Built Bar. I 
just had my fourth or fifth order. Whenever I order from them, the best promo code you're going to find is the locked on one. I spent some time looking for promo codes and then I finally realized, oh yeah, I'm going to use the locked on one in order from my secondary email account. I love the product. I keep going back. The mixed box is what I recommend. So they had a deal on white chocolate flavors. I'm tempted to do that. I am enjoying the candy cane fudge. They have broth. The boosts are great as a, you know, a less jittery uh, energy boost. It's just a great product. It's a product I use. They gave me that first try. And since then, I've been a buyer every time. And using that promo code locked on, that's going to get you 20% off. That is the best deal they currently have, bar none. Go to Built Bar. So many products, all of them fantastic. I've been talking around for months, and it's not just because they're a sponsor. This is a daily part of what I eat and my day. So go to Built Bar, use that promo code locked on, save yourself 20%. You won't regret it. One more thing. Remember, our newest uh, podcast is Locked On Bets. It doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get your daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Okay. And since you heard the okay, that means we are back. Uh, I've never been able to break myself in... 411 episodes yet from the uh, the little key there at the end. So uh, if you were waiting for me to say, okay, I said, okay. I, you know, to be honest with you, Jeff, I was in the same boat as you because the, 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 the positive, excuse me, the, the initial reaction was, well, who is he? What, what was he? And I mean, for Tiger fans out there, he was scouted by, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the scout's name, but it was the same scout that was in the Tiger system who scouted Bobby Higginson and a couple of Ramon Santiago and some other of the international talent. And right now I'm just drawing a blank his name. So I'll have to look that up here, but uh, it's really, to me, I, I was waiting to see, you know, how it is with rookies, like went, waiting for teams to adjust and, and see how he went, but he, he, he kept on hitting and with power and just in all fields. And I did not see this coming at all. And for the tigers to have some of an, an infielder, from a trade, I mean, right now, Paredes is still on the fence, but you see the return on investment from Candelario. And Alavila has been getting beat up, and rightfully so in some cases, for the trades. I mean, with the G.D. Martinez trade, it looks like they're going to get really nothing out of it. And right now, the Verlander trade, the jury's still out, but it looks also the same way at this point. But with Avila, he scored a small victory with Willie Castro. They get a guy who also hits for speed. They're trying him out of left field. The only thing is that whether or not they're going to put him at second, which I don't think they will, which I think they should because the Tigers don't, they're not going to put Paredes at second. And I mean, I think the arm issues that Castro has, I think that can be fixed. And if they're going to fix it, then I think the Tigers have somebody for years to come. But to me, I always wait till that second year. If he can make those adjustments and in September, he's still doing the same thing he did last year, then Avila swindled the Indians, which I thought it would be something I never would say. I mean, I, uh, the devil's advocate is, you know, of course, the high bat pip and the low walk and, and relatively high strikeout. But, uh, you know, it's, I guess the question is, like, will he come back to earth or is he we're seeing more guys kind of in that uh, Teoscar uh, Hernandez mold. I, for some reason, my mom wanted to say Martinez there, but uh, we're seeing more guys. Uh, it's why the Rays went out and traded for uh, Brett Phillips and that, uh, you know, I'll be curious to see if Castro can keep it going. But. Man, I, again, that was one of those things. I had no problem with it. He was 
uh, a guy who came up slowly through the system and was already on the uh, the forty man. And it's just interesting to me that the the Indians trade so well. It seems like with everyone but the Tigers. Like I said, those are the last two trades I can think of. Maybe there's one I'm forgetting, but uh, both trades look like it's going to be years of production for the Tigers and. I mean, you get right down to it. I mean, they cut Martin last year, so really no production on the other side of things. It's it's just kind of fun to look at. Now, another guy who was cut last week, uh, I at least have to bring up Eric Haas, a uh, personal favorite of mine through the fact that he just worked for years and years. At least his time in Detroit had to be a great story, right? Since he was a, a Michigan high school kid that come up through the, the year in the mention, the brother, no, brother child, mm-hmm. child something. Divine Child, yeah, Dearborn Divine Child, which is about right. actually 15 minutes, like, about 10 minutes away from my house, actually. And yeah, it did come up quite a bit. The, the storyline and something I wrote about at Morrissey Bengals and what he was able to do as a, as a state champion in high school. And yeah, I, I was I was kind of taken aback a little bit, too, because the, the Tigers are obsessed with Grayson Reiner is beyond, I, I don't get it, because I think Haas has a better upside in terms of power potential. And as a receiver, Grinder probably rates out just a little bit, but it's really kind of like it's tomato, tomato. I mean, it really depends on your preference, but I, I wanted to see a little more of it too. And with the Tigers kind of in this limbo thing with Jake Rogers, who's going to get a chance to start according to AJ Hinch or earn the opportunity to start in the, in the spring. I still wanted to see what they had with Haas. And unfortunately we didn't really get to see that too often. And again, the, the Tigers catching situation, is kind of a, it's just kind of a muddled mess right now because they still have to sign a frontline starter, and now they sign this backup from Houston, who's known for his defensive prowess, and he's getting an invitation to camp. So I, I don't know. I, I really thought he got too short of a leash, at least in my opinion. That's kind of my view in Cleveland. Like he worked really hard to turn himself into a an averageish catcher, and he was. I always thought he kind of excelled as like a bat bench with some power. Uh, real good kid by every person I talked with. Um, when him and Mejia were in the system together, uh, I had there were people who preferred him when I would talk to people with the Indians. So it is kind of interesting that uh, what within the same seven day period, uh, Hoth in the same. Uh, oh, uh, let me see if I can fix that. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, if you're listening, sometimes things uh, occur on that. But, uh, you know, it's interesting Mejia and Haas uh, on the same in the same seven day period end up uh, moving on. Uh, I did want to ask you with this Tigers team going into next year, what is the expectation? What is the hope? Is it that you're going to keep taking a few steps forward that there's going to be, uh, you know, who is hoping there's, there's Condelario who I think everyone believes in and trusts. but who are the guys you're kind of looking forward to seeing or seeing that extended look? Um, I, in terms of what the, the vibe is around here that initially it was, thought to consider the Tigers were going to spend, but then they kind of go, oh, well, we're going to spend, but maybe maybe a little. And so that is where the fans are. The, the, the fans started this whole trend with hashtag doll to Detroit, which was fascinating to watch. But as Chris and I pointed out, his injury history was not good in, in terms of other his preliminary numbers. But I'm looking forward to the next step in what Candelario can do. I mean, he, he adjusted to a different position last year on necessity when Crone went down with the knee injury and went to first and played well. And even with his back issues that side him in the season, 
But I'm also the, the Tigers outfield is where I think is to me the most intriguing and most interesting part of storyline because here you are, you have a first round draft pick in Christian Stewart, who the Tigers who struggled mildly last year. You have Travis Demerit, you have Victor Cruz and Jacoby Jones, who went down again with another injury at the end of the season. And you don't really have a clear cut winner. The Tigers outfield that to me is a considerable weakness because I mean Victor Victor Reyes on paper has all the numbers that indicated he's a decent fourth outfielder, but there's still you look in a little deeper, and if it's not hitting a fastball, he struggles. And so I think I, I'd like to see Victor Reyes continue. He's 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 improved little by little. Don't get me wrong, but is he going to take another step forward? Is Jacoby Jones the 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 adjustments that he make? Is that going to be a continuous thing? Because the outfield as a whole down in the farm system, you have Riley Green, but he's not played above even high A at this point. So, and the high A affiliate now is in West Michigan. So Tiger fans may be able to see him close by. So where are you going to, there's in terms of outfielders, you have a couple that are in the Australian baseball league and Jacob Robson and Cam Gibson, but those are considered or guys. So who, what are you going to do with the outfield? To me, what I'm looking forward to and who's going to step up and be a consistent player. And if, if Victor Reyes is going to take a continued step forward, or is Jacoby, it's just those are the kind of things to me. And then in terms of the pitching side, is Casey Mai is going to be able to control that split finger and effectively? And is he, how is he going to step forward? And you saw Derek Scooble do hit a really good K per nine, some nasty pitches from him. And the rotation is just as important, but from an offensive standpoint, I think the outfield to me is the most intriguing part of what the Tigers need to do. If they're going to upgrade the outfield or not, and they have to spend some money at some point, they have to. How do you think the starting pitching is going to play out in general? I think it's, it's fascinating because they went out and added uh, Jose Arenia. You, you mentioned Scooble, you mentioned Mize. Uh, I think Turnbull is one of the most underrated players, let alone pitchers in baseball. Uh, Manning's going to be close. Uh, you know, Fayetto just is going to need Tommy John, so you can take his name down. But there's so many interesting arms. How long is the leash on guys like Boyd and Fulmer after last year? Because, I mean, the young kids seem like they're getting ready to to fill in very quickly. Well, it, it really depends on the progress of what they have with, for example, Franklin Perez, who has not pitched in the minor leagues a full season since, I think, 2016, 2017, before he had his injuries. So I think if Franklin Perez comes in, has a good camp, and he wants to be there, I mean, there's – from what I've read and what I've saw that he wants to be at the next level. So if Perez comes down and has a good camp, then I think to me, Fulmer's leash has become shorter and shorter because they only limited him to three innings per start last year. And he did not look good. I mean, everything just hit hard. And so I think the leash for him becomes a little shorter. Matt Boyd, same thing, but at the same time, it's, it really depends on what's going to happen with Manning. Manning still needs to develop a, a better off-speed pitch, a better his curveball needs to get hit better, or excuse me, develop better. And it really, outside of Franklin Perez and, and thinking in terms of Tigers-wise, in, in terms of even starters, they, they really don't have anybody that can step up and go in the rotation. So for the likes of Boyd, for the likes of, you saw the the, the Tigers are reportedly going to start extending Daniel Norris again to start and same thing with Tyler Alexander. It's out of necessity because the, if you look at the depth across the system, Tigers have been focusing on offensive players these last couple drafts and have ignored what Dave Dombrowski used to do, which is you, know, you get a couple pitchers, you know, he would heavy pitchers, college pitchers, and and they haven't really been doing that. And so, and there's not even a minor league free agent discussion that we had. So, I, I, to me, it's 
the rotation is going to be it's going to be an interesting story. Is it going to? I think it's going to be it, no starter went except for Boyd and Turnbull. I think. Excuse me. I think Turnbull was the only starter last year. Went six innings at least once or twice. That was it. And it, that was grueling. It was bad to watch. I mean, the staff was just it was it was bad. And say the only other names that I can think of in the upper minors were um, Lang and Wentz, right? Those are the and Wentz is probably you know he's the guy who you want to start in double or triple A. And Lang is, ooh, it's you know I just can't yeah. think it's help but think about he was a guy who had like top five run before his junior year at LSU maybe, and it's just I mean he was almost an afterthought in was it for one of the relievers right when you guys got him from the Cubs. Correct. Uh, he was, I think, uh, Lang was part of, I think, was he, yeah, he was, he, was he the Justin Wilson deal? Or I think it was, Cast- no, it was the Ca- uh, Nick Castle, or. Oh, was, was he Castigliano? Castigliano's was- deal, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call there. They've they've had those uh, Cubs and uh, Tigers have definitely had some, uh, it, the Cubs keep coming back. Let's phrase it that way. Um, but yeah, I, I do appreciate the youth, I do like their minors quite a bit. I thought the adding of a Akil Badu, um, whose name again I'm probably butchering, is an interesting one-year target. Uh, I guess the big, you know, kind of summing up on the Tigers is: Do you think they are going to get out of the cellar this year? And that's where we will end the podcast today. Uh, we will jump back in talking about that. Talk about the Indians more in depth as well. Uh, that is uh, the first half of this conversation with Rogelio Castillo. Make sure to check him out on Twitter. Eventually we'll have Chris Brown, who he has worked with over the years, on as well. Uh, like I said it was great to sit down and talk with him, and I've just missed talking baseball with people. So, yes, these interviews have gotten a little bit away from me, but uh, I hope you're enjoying them. I think it's very interesting to kind of get an outside perspective on the Indians and the, cent- the Central in general. So I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown News Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at ML... Uh, at Jeff MLB Draft. Wow. Uh, I can I maybe I'll just blame the uh, pain medication for forgetting my Twitter handle there. Uh, again, I'm doing better. Don't worry about me. But uh, again, I apologize for the delay in the podcast. Thank you for listening. I want to make one quick note here at the end. We're already going long, but uh, they released over the course of the baseball season the podcast on our network that had the biggest improvements. Lockdown Indians viewership was up 121, 129%, whatever it was, we were top five in growth. So thank you all. That means so much to me. Continue downloading daily. That helps so much. Uh, Even if you might not be able to listen, the download helps. Uh, The rate and review helps. All of it helps. So thank you so much for helping this little podcast continue to grow. Uh, Currently, the 10th rated podcast in overall um, ratings for on the MLB network, I want to say is Detroit. I, I want to say it's the Tigers off the top of my head. So let's, let's beat them. Let's get past Detroit, uh, Detroit and, uh, the, the White Sox are very high. That's, that's the ultimate one to take down, but come on, Indians fans, let's get those listens up, get those downloads up. Let's knock Detroit out of the top 10 ranks on the lockdown baseball podcasts. That is what uh, what I would like to see is knock out Detroit. Let's put Cleveland in there. So, again, thank you all. I really appreciate the support. I have been Jeff Ellis. You know where you can find me. At Jeff MLB Draft. I got it right this time. And for the next year, at least, go Tribe.